What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. It was an interesting year at the quarterback position. Pretty much uh, lined up with ADP. The top 12 guys we drafted, for the most part, they finished as top 12 quarterbacks, including somehow Ryan Tannehill finishes QB 12 after a big week 18. That kind of bothers me, I'm not going to lie. But also consider this. Uh, QB 1 was Josh Allen, 6-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. He averaged 27.6 points per game. Uh, There were only three quarterbacks that averaged more than 25.4 points per game in 2021. There were 10 who did it in 2020. Really weird. 2020 is probably going to go down as this crazy, crazy quarterback year. And they came back down to earth a little bit in 2021. We welcome you to the show. Not only are we talking quarterbacks, including sleepers, breakouts, and busts, uh, an early look at that for next year, but we're taking a look at the weekend slate, and I cannot wait for these games. Let's just do some predictions. All right. We'll go Dave, Jamie, Heath first. Dave, give me your prediction. Bengals at Titans. Titans won a close one. Jamie. Uh, Bengals won. Heath. Bengals 27, Titans 24. Okay. What's the other Sunday game? What about you? A Saturday game, I mean. Uh, I'm. Uh, I like the Bengals, I think. Yeah, put me on that. Titans Island. Yeah, I don't know. I feel kind of... That's a tough one. I'll go Bengals by two. Uh, what's the other game? Oh, the Rams game, right? 49ers. No. 49ers. Oh, 49ers, 49ers Packers. Yes, of course. Uh, Jamie, Heath, Dave, 49ers Packers. Uh, Packers by four. Um, 49ers 24. Packers 21. Sorry, Jim. Packers by double digits. Who's Jim? Our old boss. Dave's kissing up. (laughs) Uh, And uh, biggest 49ers fan I know. (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs) I'm the biggest 49ers fan you know, by the way, but they're going to lose by 10 to the Packers. All right, let's go to Sunday. I don't. I really don't like any of my predictions. I really don't feel comfortable with any of these games. Probably not. Not making any bets this week. All right, now we got the Rams at the Bucks. Heath, Dave, Jamie, go. Rams thirty-one, Bucks fourteen. Whoa! Excuse me. Rams thirty-one, <laughs> Bucks fourteen. Okay, Dave. 
Yeah, I don't know if I can top that, but I agree with the winner. I think the Rams beat the Bucks. I think it'll be close. Sorry, Mike. It's the biggest Bucks fan I know. Jamie? Uh, Rams 24-20. Oh, you know what? Screw you wow. guys. I'm taking the Bucks. Now I'm taking the Bucks. I got to be They're different. Beat up. Now you're on the island. They're beat up, but you know, the, the secondary for the Rams is, is kind of beat up too. And... Uh, yeah, let's go. But they're and they're not that beat up. They, they like their pass rushers are back. Their run defense is back. Their line, their offensive line is beat up. That's yeah. Well, that's a problem. But so Brady gets minute. Brady gets the ball <laughs> no, out no, no, so no. quickly that it might so, not be that much of a problem. For the first game, I was by myself with the Titans. Was somebody by themselves on the Niners on the second game? Yeah, Heath. I think. I yeah, think the Niners. And now you're solo on the Bucks, Adam. Bucks Island. Okay. Right, let's see what the Super Bowl 55 and a half brings. <laughs> Bills Chiefs will go Heath, Jamie Day. Well, you know who he's taking. I do. Chiefs 57, Bills 56. <laughs> 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 they go for two with no time on the clock to win at 57 56. Outside of Double pass to Kelsey to win it. Kelsey oh, the Chiefs. The, pass. the Chiefs win Kelsey on the two throws point. Throws okay. I thought the Bills lose on the failed two point. Okay. Uh, Jamie. Who you got? Uh, Chiefs win on a Harrison Bucker field goal. Dave? Bills win by a touchdown. All right, I'm going to take the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills. I, I I've I felt like they were my Super Bowl pick for a while, so I'm going to stick with them. Who's Bills. the best team the Bills have beat recently? The, the Chiefs. Re- that, well, that, was Chiefs. Three. that wasn't recent. Sure. Well, I mean, they, they really dominated the Patriots. I don't know if that counts. Uh, that is probably the best they did it team twice. that they've beaten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've had such an easy schedule. But Okay, yeah. All right, so we're split on that. Good stuff. We'll give you some DFS lineups a little bit later. Did you know that Mac Jones had a higher passer rating than Josh Allen? I did. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, I, I, it's amazing. Josh Allen was 16th in passer rating, and he was the number one quarterback. I wonder... If he had the lowest quarterback rating in the last blank years to be the number one quarterback in fantasy. But he did. He had a 92.2 passer rating, which ranked 16th behind Bridgewater, Wentz, Carr, and Mac Jones. Uh, if you want more useless stats, make sure you listen to us all the time and make sure you vote for us for the FSGA Best Social Media Award. It takes less than 10 seconds. There's a link in the episode description. There's a link on YouTube. Um, so please vote for us. Uh, please click, you know, just check the episode description. Click the link. Vote for fantasy football today. Also, next week, we have game recaps on Monday and some 2021 notes and 2022 look-ahead always. Tuesday is a running back show and a half PPR mock draft review. Thursday, and that's going to be a it's going to be a too uh, long show. Thursday is a wide receiver show and some game previews. All right, some quarterback. I, I yeah. think I just found my favorite playoff stat, and I need you guys to confirm for me that it is correct. The Titans, I believe, are 4-0 against the teams remaining in the playoffs. They beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Rams. They beat the 49ers. That's, that Did not sounds lose right. to anyone who's still left in the playoffs. They were 0-3 against teams that were eliminated last week. They <laughs> lost to Arizona. They lost to Pittsburgh. And they lost to New England. That sounds interesting. right. They also lost to the Jets. Are the Jets in? Jets are not they lost in. to the Texans, too. They did lose to the Texans. 
Obviously, Derrick Henry makes a big difference here because the Bengals' run defense has been pretty pretty lousy lately. So we don't know if he's playing. We don't know Henry? how healthy he is. Henry? Yeah. He's playing. He's, playing. he's probably playing, but he hasn't been cleared yet to play. Yeah, he was cleared yesterday. He was cleared for contact. They they have not activated him. They have not. Yeah, but it's, it's it's it would be a shockeroo if he ended up not playing at this point. It, is he going to get twenty five carries? He's going to get twenty. I don't know what his role is going to be. I mean, he's a, he's a huge player. He's going to get seventeen carries. Yeah, over. Okay. Um, Let's see what the line is. I think you're right, Heath. By the way, I. That is a quick I mean, That's fantastic. I'm going to tweet it. And then somebody on Twitter can tell me I'm wrong. I don't think so. I think you're good. All right, so let's do some quarterback takeaways. Dave, what did you notice from the quarterback position as you reflect on it? Well, you know, and you already said that it was a down year for quarterbacks, but I don't know if you realize just how down of the year it is. In 2020, the top 12 average for quarterbacks, this is in six point per passing touchdown leagues, was 25.3. It was an all time high. It fell in 2021 to 22.8. So two and a half points per game down on the top 12 average. That's a bad year for quarterbacks, all things considered. 2019, it was way low, too. It was 21.6. In fact, since 2016, it's been up, down, up, down, up, down every year. And if the trend continues in 2022, that means we're bouncing back up and we're going to have some amazing quarterback play in 2022. Don't know if that means there's a specific guy or three that you can go and target on draft day. It just means that the position should bounce back in a specific way. The other interesting thing that I noticed is that the average number of quarterbacks per week with 22 or more fantasy points also went down quite a bit. In 2020, that number was 13.3. That was just about the same year over year from 2019 when it was 13.5. This year, 2021, 11.1 quarterbacks per week hit the 22-point mark. So when we talked during the year about, well, 20 fantasy points is good, but you'd rather get north of 23, closer to 25, of course that's the case. But it turns out that getting 20 fantasy points wasn't such a bad thing after all last season. It, it was really like, because the first half of this year looked a lot like 2020. It was a disastrous second half for quarterbacks, for most quarterbacks. Fantasy production just fell off a cliff. Yards per attempt fell off a cliff. Um, and I think that like to Dave's point that it's gone up, down, up, down, up, down. I'm not sure that, that how predictive that is other than the fact that that's kind of what happened. The league makes adjustments offensively. The league makes adjustments defensively. So I would expect that it will be better next year than it was in the second half of this year. I don't think you should expect it to be as good as it was in 2020. And just the case in point, there were in week one, there were 18 quarterbacks that had 22 or more fantasy points. In week five, there were 16. From week six on, the highest number that existed was 12. And there were a lot of single-digit weeks starting in week nine. How about week 10? I know there were some teams on by. Only six quarterbacks had more than 22 fantasy points. Week 15, that was a disaster for some people in the fantasy playoffs. Only eight quarterbacks hit that 22-point mark. Mm. So uh, definitely what Heath's talking about and just – the, the team's reacting year over year. I think we can expect it, and I think it'll be good for the quarterback position as a whole. 22 points is probably a number you should look for in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league. In the last four seasons, here are the amount of quarterbacks who have averaged at least 22 points per game. 11, 9, 12, and 12. So you're probably going to get about 12 quarterbacks who average 22 or more points per game. 
Uh, Josh Allen averaged over 27, 27.6 points per game. That led all quarterbacks. But, you know, a couple years ago, or I guess it was three years ago now, three seasons ago, Lamar Jackson was at something like 32 fantasy points per game. So we just didn't see that kind of crazy season. Uh, Jamie, what do you think about mobile quarterbacks versus pocket passers? And yeah, there's a, there's a combination. I mean, there's, the best ones are the guys who do both, obviously. But just in general... This was not a year where this is this was not a year where you said, well, you have to have a guy who runs, right? Because Rodgers and Brady were so damn good, and Stafford was really good, and Prescott doesn't really run anymore. So where are you at? Where are you at on that right now? What's your baseline for who runs? I had always used like two hundred to two hundred and fifty rushing yard. I think two hundred and fifty rushing. So then, then Herbert's the best quarterback in fantasy, right? No, Allen. Uh, I'm sorry, Allen's the best quarterback in fantasy. Herbert's too. By, by your definition, mobile quarterback. Well, he ran quarterback. for 300 yards, so mm-hmm. over 300 yards. Uh, but well, no, because I'm saying, but Brady was better than him. But he was uh, of the group that's what I'm, mo- what I'm saying. Mo- moving forward, yeah. uh, of the guys who do both, do both. Yeah, you know, he he would fit the bill, right? Of the guy who do, does both, yes, yes. So you know, I I think if you want to take him out of the equation, Mahomes obviously is over 300 yards. So you can take him out of the equation. So you know, if you're looking at the guys that just run versus the guys that just you know are are the statues. Um, I, I mean, it was down here, obviously, you know, I mean, Lamar Jackson showed you what the, the pitfalls can be with the injury, you know, hurting his ankle and how much time he missed. Um, Kyler has now struggled for two years in a row. And, you know, you could say it's injury related, you know, shoulder one year, ankle the next year, um, losing his top receiver factors in as well. But those, those are the pitfalls. The, the upside is, you know, I think we're going to see it next year. You know, if Trey Lance is a starter for the 49ers and Justin Fields is, is a 17 game starter for the Bears with what those guys will do with their mobility that just adds to the position. So uh, I think Trevor Lawrence will run as well, and hopefully he gets himself straightened out too. So, you know, I think all, all these these mobile quarterbacks are, are still the ones you want to target, you know, if, if you're just looking at it, what, what the ceiling play will be for all of them. I do think that maybe it's it's been approached a little bit incorrectly and in that some people say, well, I need a quarterback who runs, but... The most important thing, especially in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league, is being a prolific passer. Because even when Lamar Jackson, for example, had his best season, in, what was that, 2019, he still threw, what, 35 touchdowns. Whatever. You cannot be just a great rusher. You have to do both or just be an amazing passer. So, I, I mean, the prerequisite has to be the passing, not the rushing, in my well, opinion. I, a lot of the talk that you hear, though, about you have to get a rushing quarterback— is leagues where passing touchdowns are worth four points. But even if you look then, at in those at that, leagues, you do not have to be a prolific passer. I do think you do, though. I, I'll give you the top. What do you want? The top. I have the top five in the last six years in four point per passing touchdown leagues. They're all prolific passers, pretty much. I mean, 2017 was a terrible year. It was Watson. Well, to be the best, yes. Yeah, to be a top five, not to be top twelve. I'm talking about like top five or or top three or something like that. I you just can't like just, when I look you at can't it, Jalen the, hurts it. You got a Lamar Jackson it or Josh Allen it. it. The guys like there were two guys who were top five quarterbacks who don't run this year, Brady and Rodgers, and then you had a few in, in the back end that I just I would rather bet on Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, Kyler next year than I would bet on Brady, Rodgers, Stafford next year. I guess my point is, Heath, all of those guys, maybe not Kyler, we'll see, but all of them are are great passers too, you know? So 
yes, they are. You want the combination. You want the guy who does both. But the common thread between the players who finish top five is not rushing ability. It's passing ability. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's passing. I guess, yeah, it's passing touchdowns. I mean, Lamar Jackson had yeah. 20% more passing yards per game than he's ever had in his career this year. It's passing touchdowns in his case, yeah. All right. Um, okay, so, you know, I don't know, in terms of uh, broader picture stuff, if there's anything you want to get to, or just talk about some specific players. You know, who, let, let me ask you this, who gives you trouble, Dave, going into next year? Who do you look at and say, this is a tough evaluation? Kyler, especially after the way that he threw the ball. Generally this year, and especially toward the end of the year, and again, second season in a row where he had an injury that seemed to impact him to a degree. And I, the passing touchdowns was absolutely a problem for Kyler Murray, and the fact that he didn't make up for it enough rushing made him problematic. And I'm real curious to see how the Cardinals are going to advance in 2022 with the receiving core. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be there. Who else is going to be there? Are they going to be able to resign Christian Kirk? Do they want to resign Christian Kirk? Is Rondell Moore going to see an expansive role? What are they going to do with their run game? Both their running backs are free agents too. I'm I'm concerned about Kyler Murray. I don't feel comfortable putting him in a top five. But that's just one guy. The other guy that I'm nervous about, and he's got a locked-in receiving core, I think, is Dak. And can Dak Prescott bounce back and become a super consistent fantasy hurricane that just dominates everybody's opponents from game to game? I'm Getting nervous about his offensive line. Curious what that run game will look like next year, too. Those are two guys that I don't know if I'm going to get a lot of in drafts this coming year. Dak is interesting, Jamie. What do you make of Dak? Who, by the way, let me just give you the numbers. He finished as QB7 per game. In four-point per passing touchdown leagues, he was QB9 per game. And in six point, he was QB seven per game and he played 16 games and he only threw for 4,449 yards, which isn't bad, but you know, you kind of thought maybe he could get to 5,000 and 17. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit lower than I would have thought. I mean, think about where we were on him after week one. Right. Uh, right. Against the bucks. Um, but Jamie, what do you make of Dak Prescott? Yeah, I'm not really worried if Kellen Moore's back. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, you see the, the volume, uh, you know, you see there's, I, I think the, this will be one of those uh, we got to get back to what we are and who we are and blah, 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 and all this crap that you'll hear from, you know, coaches and whatever. And I think the Troy Aikman comment will sort of resonate in the Cowboys locker room and certainly, you know, Jerry Jones for the, the rest of the offseason. So Dak, I think, is is as I don't want to say as safe, but, you know, fairly safe, uh, in my opinion, you know, just based on what he does. Uh, the run game has no impact uh, for me. I, I do want to see what they're going to do at their third receiver spot. And at the tight end position, those are a little bit more pressing concerns uh, because you know with Cooper and Lamb that that's that's as good as top two receivers as you'll find. So I'm not I'm not concerned about that at all. The guy that concerns me the most in terms of personnel is Brady. Uh, you know because at 45, if he doesn't have Godwin back, he loses Fournette. Uh, you're talking about Mike Evans and Gronk, and we know Gronk's probably going to miss you know a handful of games because that's just typical of of what his you know career has been, and certainly this year was no different. And so if he loses, you know those the Losing the top two guys, you've seen the flaws the last four games. You know, without Godwin, without Antonio Brown on the field, um, it's, it hasn't been the same Tom Brady. So he'll still be very good. But if they don't restock that receiving core, then I'd be very concerned about Brady's fantasy upside next season. Heath, how about you? Who do you struggle with next year? I think it's the older quarterbacks, probably. Um, I struggle with Lamar just on how much to give him a free pass on this year. 
And I, he is someone who I definitely will Azerstedt repeatedly <laughs> whenever we talk about his fantasy points per game because that final game where he scored one point takes him from like QB7 to QB12. Right. Um, I think he actually outscored Matthew Stafford if you don't hold that game against him on a per game basis. And like, it's, I feel a little bit better about Lamar just because it's the one injury that kind of did that to him. Dave's talking about how it's happened with Kyler two years in a row. But both of those guys, you have to be more worried about injuries than you do the average quarterback. I think what Jamie said about Brady is exactly right. And there's reason for concern with him. Rodgers, right now, I think you just have to assume that he's going to be back in Green Bay and Devontae Adams is going to be back in Green Bay. But man, that could be a landmine if he's not. How do you, I've had this trouble with DFS recently, but you know, how do you uh, rank or, or figure out a way to really differentiate Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, I guess the, the pocket passers who don't really run much for Brady is he doesn't really run Bro. at all. Burrow, yeah, I, we could put Burrow in there. I think he'll he'll probably. Where was his uh, his it's rushing right, yards? Right he, had 100, he had 118 rushing yards. Um, Two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. All right. Fine. So Burrow's in there too. I thought maybe Burrow would be more of a runner. Maybe next year, a year removed from the surgery, but um, an extra year removed anyway. I doubt it. Um, okay. Well, anyway, yeah. So so as I was looking at them last week on DFS, I'm like, man these guys feel the same to me and they basically if you took away Stafford's rushing touchdown a lot of them would basically 22-ish fantasy points um I don't know the Heath why don't you take a take a swing at that group of the mobile of the uh, pocket passers the immobile quarterbacks I mean <laughs> yeah. I I think the best thing to do if you get to that stage is I'm just going to take the last one like mm-hmm. it's still always going to be a great idea to wait on quarterback and it's not hard to find a guy who has top six upside um, and is a solid, these guys are all, I think, solid top 12 guys. So you'll find one of those guys in the double-digit rounds in our drafts and definitely in the in the later single-digit rounds in most drafts. So I, I think you're right that it's hard to differentiate between them and it's probably not worth the effort. It's better to just take the last one. There's a guy who was third in the NFL in touchdown rate but he was number one in completion percentage, number one in yards per attempt, number two in yards per completion behind Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, third in passing yards per game, second in the NFL in passer rating. You know who he is? Third in passing yards per game? Third in passing yards per game, second in passer rating, first in yards per attempt, second in yards per completion, number one in the NFL in completion percentage. He completed 70.4% of his passes, and that was not playing dink and dunk football, by the way. I I guessed right. I'm still surprised on the passing yards per game. I don't understand how that's true. Is it Cousins? No, it's it's Burrow. Burrow. Oh. (laughs) Joe Burrow had an incredible season, and that's why he's he's the number one rated passer graded passer by PFF this year. Okay. Is. What what are those numbers look like if you take away his last two games? I don't know. <laughs> are you taking everybody's two best games? Worst. No, no I mean, I, we could do that exercise if you wanted to, but I think the fact that the, like the passing yards per game is, is the one that even Heath said. That surprised me. How did he get there? And I agree with you. And I think it's because he backloaded his season with two monster games. I do know that he was the number one rated passer by PFF going into those last two games. 
I, I remember being quite surprised by if he wasn't number one, he was maybe number two. Um, but so that was, you know, they've always been very high on him. Um, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's Joe Burrow. I do like, what's not to love? It's why like his weapons are so much better than Justin Herbert's as of right now. But everybody, does everybody have Herbert ahead of Probably better than almost everybody. Well, right. But like, that's true. And it's almost the Russell Wilson thing early in his career, except he doesn't run. But is Justin like is Justin Herbert going to throw 150 more passes than him again this year? No, I don't think so. Because I brought this up on Mon Tuesday's show. They, I didn't know this until just recently. They were protecting him because of the injury, because they didn't feel like he was moving around in the pocket that well. But after the San Francisco game just about a month ago, they said, "Screw it, we're turning Joe Burrow loose." Uh, well, I mean, I'm looking at his game log. If you go the week before, he threw 40 passes against the Chargers, then 34 against the 49ers. So. What I mean, you, I know you keep saying after the 49ers game, but it was that's when he what? that's when Zach Taylor said it, so that's what I have to go. Yeah, with. I, you know, I'm just you know, again, the the attempts I don't remember how the Chargers game unfolded, but you know, he, he threw 40 times in that game. Um, it was a philosophy thing, they were because it was broken down in an athletic article, they've been much more aggressive passing the ball on earlier downs, those types of things. They've become more of a passing football. yeah. Well, they're not protecting their quarterback anymore, they're they know that Joe and, Burrow's their future. I think that's an, uh, well, and it is interesting that the week after the San Francisco game, he threw 22 passes against Denver. I did see that, but, but that's what they said. I'm not <laughs> making this up. That's what they said. And by and, and I just, and I, last thing, I'm sorry. The reason why I'm more optimistic about the rushing yards for Burrow, he had 142 rushing yards in 10 games as a rookie. So I do think he's a better runner than sure. you go back to his college days. He's a better runner than, you know, 118 yards in 16 games. Sorry, Heath. But you're ahead. not, you're not I, probably going to get consistently over 300, you know, so you may be talking about a 250 yard rusher. Sure. I'm not drafting him for the extra 200 rushing yards or whatever he gives you a year. I think they're going to be smart just as they have been with him. And they're not going to put him out there where he could take on more hits by running the ball. And this is going to be an off off season of offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, just throwing more capital right. in that position because they don't have to worry about their skill guys. You know, you have Chase and, and Higgins cheap uh, for the next couple of seasons. You have, you, you know, you locked up Mixon. Um, I don't know what Boyd's contract situation is, but you know, I don't want to say he's replaceable, but he's the most replaceable asset. And so, I mean, this is there's just so much to like about what the direction he's headed. And I think it will be interesting because we've seen it with basically every quarterback. Now, Burrow didn't have the full season breakout that Mahomes did, or that Lamar did, or that Allen did. Um, but we've seen it with every other quarterback. Like defenses eventually have adjusted and caught up, and then they've had to do something different. And I wonder with those last two games of the season when they did really just unleash him and throw caution to the wind. I mean, one of them was against Baltimore secondary who didn't have anybody, but how much the fact that they, their philosophy offensively was so different than what they'd done all year contributed to the enormous success they had in those games. Oh, Teams come in with, surprise. like, this right. is right. what they're right. doing. They, they run early, they're going to lean on Mixon, and they'll throw it deep. And in those two games, they just didn't like they changed it up and it worked marvelously. But if they had for 14 weeks been that type of offensive team, I don't know that the same success would have been found late in the year. Uh, Fair, but I think also, you know, we we, we said this the other day. I don't remember which it was Adam about, you know, Jamar Chase's development and, you know, the you saw it in the playoff game and T Higgins continued development and the additional wrinkles that they'll have to adjust to, you know, so that's, you know, that's their counterpunch to that as well, you know, so. 
Mm-hmm. It's yep. whatever they do to uh, to counter those those defensive changes, which you hope that that you get. I think you're looking at you know uh, I don't want to say a consistent floor, but the playoff game is probably a good floor of of what you're getting from Joe Burrow, which was you know around 215 too, you know so that that's probably something you walk in knowing okay he's he's capable of that week in week out, and then what happens on top of that when he really gets you know in, in into one of those you know just hot streak type of performances. He actually was 22 plus fantasy points in six of his first seven seven of his first eight games of the season. Uh, I've got him as the sixth most consistent quarterback in fantasy this year. That includes the lull that he had in the middle of the year. And then, you know, breaking out big like he did at the end of the year. He's awesome. There's no doubt about it. You had mentioned Tyler Boyd. He's under contract for two more years. And you mentioned the offensive line. This team has $55 million in cap space to burn through. Mm-hmm. And they've got to do it. They can't just say, all right, well, we're going to roll it over into next year whatever. Teams have to spend a lot of their cap space. So they're going to have to go out this year and either extend a lot of players that they have or find some free agent offensive linemen to come in and protect Joe Burrow. It's going to be job one for them. Uh, this is going to be a very exciting offense. Burrow, they're, they're all going to be hyped up, man. You're going to see it. You see it in our drafts to a degree. I think you see it more with, with Chase and Higgins than you do with Burrow at this point. But all the Bengals players are going to be really hyped up next year. People are going to be excited about them. And this time last year, we were talking about the great season for Justin Herbert, who had another great season, was the number three quarterback in fantasy. Uh, and he did that in 2020, Herbert, with a terrible offensive line, the worst in the NFL, according to PFF. This year, it's you know he had much better offensive line. They drafted Slater. They upgraded at center. Top 10 offensive line. Burrow's the guy who's got the bad line, as Dave was just mentioning. Joe Burrow was sacked on 8.9% of his dropbacks, fifth most in the NFL, and somewhere on PFF, the passing grades for the Bengals offensive line, somewhere around 25th or something like that. So uh, another way that that he could be even better next year. Uh, Let's do your favorite early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Um, Why don't we start with Heath? Give me an early sleeper. Um, Everybody else wants to say Trey Lance, so I'll say Justin Fields. Um, Both of them are fantastic options, but um, I... I think that they're, I mean, we'll see who the Bears bring in to coach and who they bring in as offensive coordinator. And it's always kind of dicey when you're changing offensive systems this early in a career. But I think if everything goes right and they bring in a good offensive mind to run the offense and they bring in a good number one wide receiver, he could be, and he has top five upside. So everybody else just want to say Lance? We're good with that? <laughs> no, I mean, I would say Fields and Lance are breakouts. I wouldn't say they're sleepers. Okay. Uh, well, by the definition of sleepers, and this is for today, by the time we get to July, it could be completely different, but Deshaun Watson's a sleeper. You're, we're seeing him still go with a late pick in our drafts, the first two that we've done. As soon as he's on another team, and it's clear that he's starting, he won't be. So I guess that doesn't really count. I still see value in Trevor Lawrence, and that's going to be an offense. That, yes, they're changing, and it's a quarterback in his second year changing offenses, but I think that's going to be for the much, much better. And that should be a team. Think about their running game. Uh, James Robinson, the Achilles, we don't know when he'll come back. Fingers crossed that he pulls a Cam Akers. Travis Etienne coming off the ACL, don't know if he's a traditional running back anyway. This is a squad that's going to be throwing a lot. You can literally take Trevor Lawrence with your last pick, and you know that he's a good thrower, even though there were times this year where he was really terrible. A lot of that, I think, has to go on the scheme that he was in and the receivers that he was throwing to. Offensive line, too. Jamie got his sleepers. Offensive line, too. Yeah, two for me would be uh, Cousins because everybody forgets about Cousins all the time and he always comes through with, you know, a, a good season. This this being good, typically he's been mm. better than this. So Cousins is just a free space every year on draft day. And then the other one would be if he's still in the starting job would be Taysom Hill. Um, you know, we, we, we see what the rushing is for him. 
Um, hopefully he has Michael Thomas back or at least some semblance of a better receiving core. Um, but I mean, you know, every time he steps on the field, he finds a way to get the job done as a fantasy quarterback, however fluky it might be. So, you know, you don't have to take him as your only quarterback, but you can certainly take him as part of a tandem and he could definitely deliver for you as we've seen. All right, one more. Do, okay, go ahead. Is Russell Wilson a sleeper? Yes. Yeah. That might be the best sleeper that we've mentioned because you know what his upside is. Yeah, just trade him, you know, halfway through the season. <laughs> right, sure. Three years in a row. Be good toward the end of this four and after two games after an injury return. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, okay, let's go to breakouts then, Jamie. So Lance Fields, their breakouts for you. Yeah. Okay. Who who do you who'd you take first? I would take Fields right now um, because I think if the 49ers win another game, uh, Lance is probably sitting on the bench another season. But um, I, I just think you know you at least you've seen what Fields can do, and as Heath said, you know, uh, coaching upgrade I think will be a significant. Um, benefit to him, you know, having the, uh, the the chance to sort of play without any sort of, you know, reins on him, allowing him to, to flourish. Uh, Dave, breakouts. Uh, they're all obvious names. Jamie mentioned them. Uh, Burrow's going to be on the list. I don't really know if there's anybody that's uh, that's asleep. Like, I'm not ready to say that Tua Tungavailoa is a breakout this year or anything like that. I, I've got one more. I don't think he was good enough this year to preclude him from being a breakout. Jalen Hurts. Just a, a minor improvement as a passer for Hertz could make him a top five quarterback this year. He'll be good for the Texans. <laughs> or maybe maybe he'll be maybe he'll go to Seattle in the rest trade and uh, just they can really run the ball six hundred times a game. It's it, really Deshaun Watson is going to change the landscape of of two guys yep. himself and at least two. If he replaces Tua, if he replaces Hertz, if he replaces somebody else, the best the best case scenario is if you if you're in those camps of Tua and and Hertz, uh, NFL and fantasy wise, is that Watson goes to the Broncos, right, or the Saints, you know, or one of those teams, or I, like it's there's a little bit more smoke in uh, Carolina now as well, right? Uh, yes, like they're trying to maybe hire an offensive coordinator that would cause him to take them off the uh, no trade list. Yes. By the I'm way, Jalen Hurts, in his first seven games, he was the number two quarterback in four-point, number five quarterback in six-point. And that was when that was before they changed their offense, though. Um, and, you know, the last eight games, he was not top 12. He was he was about 10th per game. But, you know, there's a big first seven games, he's throwing 35 times per game. In the last eight games, he threw 24 times per game. So just changing changing offensive philosophy. But he also... It, well, I mean, you heard how he was going say... Sorry, you heard Howie Roseman say that he's their guy. So, yes, we'll see. All right, let's do uh, early busts. Heath. Um, I guess I would have to say it's probably Brady, just because he was the number two quarterback, and I don't think he's going to be near that good. I like it's hard to pick a bust when all the guys we ranked in the top twelve this year finished in the top twelve. Yeah, <laughs> there were there weren't a lot of huge outlier performances over the full season. If, like I saw in some dynasty drafts where Joe Burrow was going like QB3 ahead of Lamar and Kyler, and if he gets anywhere close to that in redraft, then I would put him on my bust list because I don't think he's going to be better than those guys. Okay. Uh, Jamie, bust? Yeah, I mean, I said Brady earlier, so I'll stick okay. with that. You know, I just his offseason is just the one to watch. You know, I mean, if he gets Godwin back at 100% and he stays, then, you know, I'll, I'll change my opinion because that's, I think, the the key to it. But, if uh, if he loses Godwin and they don't replace Godwin and Brown with anybody outside and they just stick with the guys that they have on their roster, 
you know, uh, Tyler Johnson will fall into the sleeper category, you know, and, and maybe whoever else they bring in, Cyril Grayson, if he stays uh, part of the, you know, main rotation. Um, you know, I don't think Brashad Perryman's the answer, but he can't he can't have the same type of success. I, I, I just don't see it without replacing Godwin and Brown with something significant if those guys walk and Fournette, too, you know, because I think that's a, a big part of it also. Sure. Throw into the running back. Do you remember what Brady's ADP was last year? Nine? QB9? Actually, um, I, I do know this. Uh, I will tell you in one second. Uh, the, the question I'm going to follow it up with is, could it be higher this year based on what he did this year? Yeah, I mean, we've seen in our drafts. He's going as a top seven quarterback in the two drafts we've done. Mm-hmm. He was uh, nine. Hey, Heath, way to go. Thank you. Yes. So <laughs> now he could end up being a round six, round seven <laughs> type of pick. I well, I mean, he was around five pick last year, so ADP. Okay. Well, so so uh, I just want to point out, you know, I, I was saying I was kind of nervous about Brady without those guys because he scored four points against the Saints in the game that everybody got hurt. And then he scored 16 yeah, but he points. he always sucks against the Saints. Yeah, he scored 16 points the next week at Carolina, which, you know, they kind of ran the ball pretty well. And then he scored 32 at the Jets with Antonio Brown, you know, doing his thing. He scored 31 against the Panthers in week 18. And then last week, he only scored 22 points, but Gio had a two-yard touchdown run, and uh, Vaughn had a one-yard touchdown run. He could have had a 30-something point game there. So he's been better than I expected him to be down the stretch. This is all without Leonard Fournette. Um, this is almost all without Godwin and Brown. So I don't know. He's, he's surprised me. He's I don't know, been better than expected to me anyway. Uh, he'll, I don't know. Okay, uh, Dave, did you have a bust? I haven't talked about Kyler earlier. Okay. Don't hold me to it by the time we get to the summer. But for now, he's someone that I'm nervous to take. Let's take a break. When we come back, news and notes, DFS players to uh, start, players to avoid. After this on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. Big weekend. Four games. Could go either way. Very excited. And let's do the news and notes. I said Derrick Henry's status was still uncertain. Everybody yelled at me. So I'm just going to say Derrick Henry is playing. And he's gonna How can you say that? 17 carries. <laughs> uh, Clyde Edwards Elair practice, but Daryl Williams did not. And actually, when when you're talking about DFS, I think running back on FanDuel, I didn't look at DraftKings, but FanDuel, it's hard to get a good value unless Henry's not active and then you go Foreman or... Yeah, it stinks. Or, or um, for, if yep. Fournette's not active, then, you know, and a CEH isn't active. But if the guys play... You kind of probably have to pay up a little bit of running back. Well, Clyde's only fifty seven hundred on FanDuel. 
okay, he might. I, I mean, on draft, I don't know how much you like him. him. I, I don't know how much you like him to begin with. He's right, fifty-two on DK. Is that a lot? No, he's eleventh most expensive running back. I will probably just play Mitchell and Singletary. Yeah, I'm playing a lot of Aaron Jones and Singletary. Gosh, that 49ers run defense is ridiculous. Yeah, it's more for his pass catching. I have Fournette in my lineup for now, but he'll probably have to be Aaron Jones if, if uh, and Singletary. Singletary is going to be in a lot of lineups. He's going to be very popular. Uh, more notes. Leonard Fournette, we don't know. Do we know? I haven't not heard anything on Ronald Jones. Good. I don't, I don't think Ronald Jones is playing. No. And I don't think it really matters. Uh, Green Bay is hopeful to have... Basically everyone this week. Zedaria Smith, they're, they're one of their better pass rushers. Jair Alexander, cornerback, hoping they'll play. I don't know that they're going to play full snap shares. Right tackle Billy Turner and Randall Cobb could also play this week. Got to keep an eye on Andrew Whitworth for the Rams. He played 50% of the snaps last week. He's their, you know, their star left tackle, still a great player. He's questionable. And safety Taylor Rapp still in the concussion protocol. Cyril Grayson, mispractice. Marquez Valdez-Scantling mispractice. And that's pretty much what I got for this weekend. Other than that, Philadelphia, Jamie alluded to this earlier, Philadelphia is treating Jalen Hurts like they're, he's the starting quarterback is what they're saying right now. And according to The Athletic, Bruce Feldman of The Athletic, sources at Michigan think that Jim Harbaugh would take the Las Vegas coaching job. I once did an eight-hour show sitting right next to Bruce Feldman for the entire time, and I had the flu, and I didn't know. I never got to apologize to him. If I gave you the flu, Bruce, very sorry. <laughs> All I do is I wasn't feeling well, and then I tested positive for the flu. Could you imagine? Can you imagine doing that these days? All right. So uh, let's go. Let's start with Jamie. Jamie, who do we love in DFS this week? Um, I know he's been awful, especially given the uh, expectations. But I'm going to go back to George Kittle this week. Uh, you know, we saw him have a great game against the Packers in the first meeting. Green Bay at times has struggled with tight ends. Uh, I think Kittle's going to be force-fed a lot of targets this week because I do think they're going to be chasing points. So I like the setup for George Kittle in a game where he uh, will be needed as opposed to just being used as a blocker, which has been just an absolute travesty for his fantasy production in the last few weeks. Dave? I like anybody that's a Packer and catches the football. 49ers have allowed 11 touchdowns to wide receivers in their last eight games. Uh, I think that Adams and Rodgers is the stack to get. I know that people are going to go crazy to get Allen and Mahomes, and some will go cheap. Some are going to go cheap and get Garoppolo and and Ryan Tannehill, but I think Rodgers is the play. Lazard is kind of pricey on Fanduel. He's six thousand, so he's not drafting. No, okay, he's more than Ayuk. He's more than Boyd. I, I mean, the, the guys behind him aren't exactly great, but he's, he's pricey. Uh, what would you rather do? So you can do a Rodgers Adams stack. Or you can save a pretty considerable amount of money and do a Burrow Chase stack. That's what I did on DraftKings. One lineup. I think I'm going with Higgins over Chase on FanDuel at least. I think yeah. the price difference is enough. Like I prefer Chase, but it's almost two thousand dollars difference on FanDuel between the on two DraftKings, of them. And it's fourteen. Fourteen hundred, yeah. So I, I'd go Higgins over Chase, but I like that. Yeah, but that's I what like I th- Higgins that's just what for I the same last reason year, last week. You know, and that? was, that's what I said last week. I was like, you can't, like, you got to get T. Higgins. He's so much cheaper than Jamar Chase. <laughs> and he's but been so uninvolved lately. You should be playing Higgins because at some point there's going to be, we're taking Chase away. So right. you actually should have some some shares of Higgins, however many lineups you build. Uh, but I mean, 
clearly the ceiling is Chase. And this is a Titans defense that's been good against the run for most of the year. I think that they're going to – I think Mixon's a bad play this week in DFS. The only I, thing about I, that, though, is his, his role in the passing game has been fantastic the last three games. That's true. But I, I still feel like he's got to come through for a ton of points. I can look and see what his price is on DK real quick. He's he's the third most expensive running back, 6,600. I, I think it's a little too pricey for him. I like the idea of Burrow – Chase Higgins is a triple stack or Burrow and Higgins. Higgins falls under the same umbrella as Kittle as a guy who we've been starting and disappointed with, but this should be about the time when he bounces back and no one's on him when that happens. Dave, I have Burrow, Chase Higgins, triple stack. Classic, the classic triple. Um, you have Kittle too? No. Burrow, Chase Higgins, and I have Gronk. Uh, anyway, Ooh. lineups lineups in a bit. Heath, did you want to give anybody else that you really like this week? Um, we said Devin Singletary, but I've got uh, my my stack is Allen Knox Singletary. How do you do that? How do you stack them and root for the Chiefs? Isn't that a conflict of interest? He said the game's going to be 58 57, whatever it is. So. I think he said 57 56, to be fair. 57 56, yeah. Um, no, I don't have any conflict of interest. I, I don't. Just as a general point of DFS um, advice, I do not think that you should try to align your lineups with your rooting interest. I do not believe Ever. that's profitable, especially if you are a Giants fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so, well, if your rooting interest is an NFL draft pick, then you should align your lineups <laughs> with that. All right, so who are we avoiding? Dave, you said you don't like Joe Mixon this week against the team that gives up the fewest fantasy points to running backs. I mean, that makes the case for me on him. I'm also nervous about Gronk. I think that the pass defense for the for, for the Rams, rather, uh, is, is playing well. I think their pass rush is, is strong. I don't know what that offensive line is going to really look like for Tampa Bay. I, I think this is a tough week for Brady in the passing game in general. I'd stay away from Evans as well. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm starting any bucks in my DFS lineup this week. But, but Gronk is just so money, you know? I mean... Since he also the, costs a lot of money, he does. But who so you go, when we're talking about the players we love, would it be fair to say, Dave, that you gave zero bucks? <laughs> <laughs> it would be fair. Hey, Jamie, who do you avoid this week? Uh, I was gonna say Mike Evans for the same reason. So, uh, to be different, uh, let's see, I would probably avoid, um, yeah, I mean, the bucks, <laughs> the bucks just generally make me nervous with the offensive line concerns right now. Um, I probably won't won't play Henry. Okay. Just because he's so expensive. What about Cup? And you don't know. Right. How do we feel about Cup? Uh I like Cup. But he's also expensive. Yeah. Um I'm I'm gonna avoid Odell Beckham. I'm just saying that because I want to give my um new favorite Odell Beckham stat. Earlier this year on the Browns, Odell Beckham was averaging 38 receiving yards per game. So far for the Rams, Odell Beckham is averaging 38 receiving yards per game. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That's Just really cool. Touchdowns, man. Six touchdowns in nine games with the Rams for Odell Beckham. And he's $100 more expensive than Higgins on FanDuel. So. All right. So if we just look at the positions here, quarterback, it's, I mean, it's pretty deep. Got, got some really good quarterbacks. Is there anyone you're just not considering? Would you even consider Tannehill or Garoppolo? I would. I think those are good contrarian plays. 
The problem with Tannehill is that if Derrick Henry is a runaway locomotive, then he'll get you a cool six points. Garoppolo, I think he's going to end up throwing a decent amount. It's a really tough draw for him. I know the Packers' defense has been shelled lately. Um, really, since that first game against Minnesota, their their defense hasn't looked good. But getting Jair Alexander back is a huge deal. Getting Zaire Smith, or yeah, not is Darius. Is Darius Smith? I'm sorry. All right. Getting him back, I combined their first names. You, if did. you could, didn't catch that. Uh, <laughs> getting him back is huge. I think he's their best pass rusher. So they've got they've got a good deep group now at pass rush. They've got a great deep secondary. This is the fourth game out of five for the 49ers that's on the road. So I, I, I can't say that I love the spot for Garoppolo, but it is a contrarian play to go with him because I think everybody else will veer toward Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Rodgers. Yeah, the only problem with Garoppolo is, is how healthy is he? You know, and so does he take a shot in the shoulder? Are they struggling? Do they, you know, do they pull him at some point? You know, we saw that Titans game and how bad he looked when he was playing hurt. And so do, do they, you know, stick with him despite the struggles if he is playing at less than 100%? Yeah, he does have a minor shoulder injury. And of course, everyone's going to downplay the injuries right now, but he has a shoulder injury. He also has the thumb issue. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, are they worth the money? Yes. Who do you like better? Allen is. I like Allen better. I like Mahomes better. Heath? Allen, uh, I, I think for this week, I like Allen better. Okay. I like Mahomes better because he's $300 cheaper on drafting. So, on at, and he's uh, $300 cheaper on FanDuel as well. At running back, who who would be the values to get? Are there any... I mean, it really sucks. Like you're not. You're I'm gonna... still playing McKinnon. I don't care that that Edwards Alaire is healthy. Do you like McKinnon if Edwards Alaire and Daryl Williams play? Yeah, I think what he showed them last week. How did they go away from him completely? And so, you know, in in whatever reduced role he is, he's worth the the cheap price that he gives you. You know, so to me, I'm almost punting running back this week. You know, someone's going to score. Someone's going to have a big game. You know, you're going to have to probably pay up for Henry if you want to go that route. Fournette is probably worth the money if he plays and he's 100%. But how do you feel he's 100% if he's now four weeks removed from this injury and still not ready to go? So the the wild cards, I think, you know, that um, probably aren't going to get played very much but still have the chance to be successful. Sony Michelle, if the Rams are playing with the lead, we saw what happened last time. He didn't have a great game against the Bucks, but he got over 20 touches. And so if he falls in the end zone, he was a yard short against Cardinals last week. You know, that gives you something to just at least hang your hat on. Um but I think Geo and McKinnon to me are the two best plays, just based on their price and what their potential could be. I, I actually put Akers in a lineup. He's fifty seven hundred on FanDuel. And it's not obviously a good matchup for running the ball. But if my game script is right and the Rams win this win convincingly, he could have volume and he, he was targeted in the passing game last week. So should have a huge catch too. Didn't he have a couple of runs called back? Yeah. Okay. Um, wide receiver. Who do we like at wide receiver? Or or, you know. Well, I guess you know who I like, ahead, and I've, I've liked him Good pretty question. much every week. He's the 14th most expensive wide receiver on DraftKings is Gabriel Davis. Yep, who just seems to just find the end zone every single week from Josh Allen. Figures to be a high-scoring game, so it's a nice cheap option. Um, I, I've I've done my amateur level digging in terms of what type of defense that I would expect the Chiefs to play the most of. Uh, last time they played against Josh Allen, they played a lot of cover zero. In fact, the second most cover zero they played all year was against Buffalo. He crushed them. So I think at least they'll put one safety back there, but I still think they want to try and play some man against him. If they do that, 
that hurts Allen a tad. It hurts Diggs a tad. But Gabriel Davis against cover one, him and Dawson Knox are the two guys in this offense that seem to do really well against that specific type of defense. So I, I would I, I'd probably like Gabriel Davis even if they played cover two, cover three, cover 76. It doesn't really matter. He just seems to have a nose for the end zone. I wish he played a little bit more than what we've seen. I don't want to see Emmanuel Sanders at all. He was playing plenty last week. But I think that he's a really good value play this week and one of the receivers that I'm plugging into all my lineups. 100% agree. And Sanders had two touchdowns in the first meeting. Uh, obviously, Sanders has done next to nothing since then. So uh, Davis has definitely stepped up. You know, you look at the Week 18 game when he had 14 targets. You know, just do that again. That'd be fun. It's just, I'm, just, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Throw, throw a dart at Julio Jones. Okay. AJ Brown it. is pretty discounted, too, in my opinion. He's definitely. Yeah, I agree. He's well. Let's see. He's uh, sixty-two on DraftKings. I mean, seventy-six on Fanduel. But he's like, like the the next guy on Fanduel after Brown is Beckham, and then Higgins, and then Lazard. So, you know, he's the but cheapest. They are a thousand dollars cheaper. Yeah, but he okay, right? But he is the the last number one wide receiver. I just have a hard time paying twelve hundred more for Brown than Higgins, or two hundred less for Brown than Diggs. Okay. Like that he's been, I mean, Higgins has been better than him this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the last three weeks, two of those Browns have been great. No, he really hasn't. Well, I caught, oh, I caught a touchdown in week 18, right? But he had 50, 60 yeah. yards or something. He's been a little disappointed. Better than Higgins. Higgins is invisible lately. Higgins has had one huge um, game, and he's had 12 targets combined in his other three games in his last four. Right, but week 17, Higgins was better than Brown. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, one game in his last three. Better than. Yep. You're, but he's saying you saved the money. Well, I have both in my lineup, so, you know. Um, week 18, Higgins was better than Brown, too. Not for a No, he wasn't. No, he oh, wasn't. I'm sorry. I forgot the round. Brown. I was looking at one week off for each week on the Titans because right. they didn't play a game last week. Right, right. Okay. Well, I mean, to be fair, Higgins didn't play week 18. Did he not play week 18 or I think did he play no, just a little bit? I, I believe he was inactive. Okay. Um, I got one more sleeper receiver. Yeah, go for it. Do you think Randall Cobb can catch four passes for 53 yards? No. No. Okay. Maybe he's not a sleeper then. <laughs> he's a sleeper. I, I think if you or if you think he can score a touchdown, he's 3100 on DraftKings. The touchdown's much more likely. That's if if he's okay, that's Rogers likes him in the in the red zone. He does. He throws the gym way too much. Then if he does that, then how about, what would it be, two catches for 13 yards and a touchdown? Do you feel like you have to pay That's up? That's more at, believable. Do you feel like you have to pay up a tight end? Yes. I'm, I'm going Knox. Does that count as paying up? Yes. He's yes. more expensive than Kittle on FanDuel. Don't know about DraftKings. He's number four. He's behind Kittle by 400 on DraftKings. The only, one, the only way is if you guess the right Titans tight end. Well, correct. Tyler Higby's correct, actually correct. been getting a lot of targets lately. And he didn't last week, but Stafford threw 17 passes or something last week, whatever it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, 13 of 17. But Higby's been getting six, seven targets. Bucks are not great again. That's That would be, I think, the only guy that I would go down, pay down for. I think he's the punt play. Right. That's a better way to Because he could fall into five for 50. Exactly. All right, so what about Kelsey against the Bills who give up the third fewest points to tight ends? Is he too expensive? Is he okay? I think he is. 
you go back to the game that they played earlier this year. He had a great game for fantasy purposes, seven catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. That still wouldn't bring back three times value on what you'd have to pay up for him. If he was cheaper on DraftKings, I'd say, hell yeah, play him. But I, unless you think he's getting 100 yards and two touchdowns, something crazy, I would stay away. I like the Kittle call better. All right. Anybody want to reveal their favorite lineup? Sure. Go for it. Jamie, go for it. Uh, Burrow, quarterback. Singletary, McKinnon at running back. Adams, Chase, and Gabriel Davis at receiver. Kittle at tight end. Lazard at the flex. And the Bengals, DSD, because DSTs don't matter at this point. This is draft. I'll go um, Allen at quarterback. Singletary and Mitchell at running back. Adams, Higgins, Julio. Knox, Akers at flex. 49ers defense. And I built a Packers mega stack with Rodgers at quarterback. Devin Singletary and A.J. Dillon at running back. Just figure that no one's going to be on Dillon. If he falls in the end zone, that'll get you going in the right direction. Adams, Lazard, Cobb at wide receiver. Kittle at tight end. Debo in the flex. The Bills defense. The Bills! Because defenses don't really matter, and you're just looking for like eight or nine points. Hopefully he get, they get you that. This is all DraftKings, right? Mine was FanDuel. For me, it's DraftKings. Oh, yours was FanDuel? Okay. Heath Mine was DraftKings. Then I'll do a FanDuel lineup, too. Uh, going big on the Bengals here. I don't know what I'm going to do if Leonard Fournette doesn't play. So we'll we'll have to figure that out. But Burrow, Singletary, Fournette, <clears throat> Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, Gabriel Davis at flex, Gronkowski, Bengals DST. I feel like the Bengals DST is like the only one that I could feel even a little bit confident in. I don't, I don't like any of the DSTs this week. Still, I hope we get a lot of scoring. A bunch of games in the 50s. Let's hope for that. We're going to read some emails here. This is from Bradley. Bradley says, Adam, I completely agree with you about bell peppers. I hate having to pick around them when I order fajitas. I think that every other kind of pepper is superior. Bell peppers are the Allen Robinson of peppers. Speaking of biggest bust. That said, I recently spent about $300 on best ball playoff draft contests. I drafted Packers and Titans heavily on a lot of teams, and I lost the first week because of this. My question is, in a best ball draft, how many players on a bye is too many to take? How do you evaluate that compared to your belief that both one seeds will make it to the Super Bowl? And, I mean, if you guys can answer that, or you can talk about bell peppers. I bell love peppers bell peppers. Yeah. Put raw bell peppers on my salad for lunch. Um, three-year-old actually eats bell peppers raw. We just cut them into quarters, and she carries them around and just eats them like a carrot. They don't know what they're doing at that age. Nice. You know, I mean, they'll eat anything. My daughter's 14. Well, she does the exact same so, thing. You're so picky. Do you not give your children the opportunity to try things that you don't like? Oh, of course. I My son hates bell peppers. I love him for it. But I try. Every time they every time we make them, I try to give them to him. Have you tried raw? Because uh, she does no. not like them no. cooked because they're kind of slimy. Yeah, my she likes them just raw. Yep. Yeah. No, I haven't tried that. I mean, I'll try yeah. that. You That's should. the way to do it. That's where you unlock the best of the pepper is when you can saute and heat up those bad boys. Well, that's not what Heath's saying. Heath's saying is try them raw. Yeah, he's wrong. He is wrong. They're, they're, better, they're better when they're cooked up and added to a dish, like in fajitas, for example. Right. I don't like them raw. Adam, you were right. I know. Yeah, thanks. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't do any best ball fantasy playoff leagues, but we do the NFL.com playoff challenge, and... You know, you you do have to weigh the risk of having, you know, of, of not the risk. You take the zero in week one. The only thing is you get a multiplier 
whatever if you're not familiar with i have literally never won a playoff contest of any kind yeah yeah this is a tough question to ask i mean I think you have to learn from experience here. If you get it right and they both go to the Super Bowl, it's going to be worth it. They're going to play that mm-hmm. extra game and you're going to make up for it. Um, all right. Sorry for the kind of incomplete answer there. All right. This is from Frank. Uh, Dave, actually, this question is from Frank. You know, Billy Madison? No. Uh, I was wondering how much dynasty talk you'll do in the offseason. I have a glut at wide receiver. I have Jefferson, Chase, Lamb, Mooney, Bateman, and three first-round picks coming up. Who is the best ma- value to move right now? Jefferson, Chase, Lamb, Mooney, Bateman, and three first-round picks in the upcoming draft. Who's the best value to move right now? What's he trying to do? Get him running backs? Sure. Yeah. Why not? I mean, don't. I would like to have one more of those guys than you can start. So. If I could start four of them, I might not trade any of them. But I think Bateman and Mooney are the two I'd be trying to move. I wouldn't try to move any of them. I mean, like, if he's trying to get backs, just use the picks. Right. Either trade the picks to get the back you want or draft the backs in the, right. in the rookie draft. But if this was a, like Adam Azer League where you can only start two wide receivers and one flex, you might need to deal some wide receivers. <laughs> I would never have a dynasty league like that. Oh, okay. And this is from Rodolfo. Keeper question that could very well change in August, but I just want some advice. We can keep one for next year, and the keeper you select for 2022 will be taking the round ahead that you took him in 2021. So I traded away my third-round pick for Daryl Henderson and an eighth-round pick, mid-season bonehead move. Now I have two eighths but no third, so who should I keep? Jonathan Taylor as a first-round pick. Debo Samuel as a sixth-round pick. Oh, okay. So he doesn't have a third-round pick, so maybe he's hesitant to not have a first, but he'd be keeping Taylor. Anyway, would you keep Taylor in the first or Debo in the seventh? Did he mention anything about where he's picking in round one? No. Debo. Is it Debo in the seventh or Debo in the fifth? It's the sixth, my bad. Debo in the sixth, my bad. I thought it was one round ahead of where he drafted him. Okay. He did. He drafted um, him in the seventh round, so he'd be a sixth-round okay. pick. I'd still go Debo, probably. Uh, I think I'm taking Taylor. Okay. Let's have some fun this weekend, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely got to order a pizza this weekend. You know what I had? I had a Hawaiian pizza last weekend, Dave. You like that? Oh, you don't mm-hmm. like that. Oh, I got no, some. I mean, best. I'll eat almost any kind of pizza. Hawaiian's not at the top of the list. Have you guys had Raw Raj yet? Yes, great. Holy cow, it's so good. That's what we had, and it was amazing. Tell me about it. is Detroit-style pizza. Detroit-style, yeah. Yeah, really good. Uh, Much I need, better I than you guys. I need more details. I need more details. It's by us, yeah. Okay. What is a, a Detroit-style pizza? It's like grandma's pizza, essentially. Very, uh, yeah, very you're right. Thick crust, sauce yeah. across the top. Square. Good stuff. Good, good yeah. stuff. But they, they do a great job of it. Did you, were, there bell pep- were there bell peppers on the pizza? I got the Supreme, so yes, there were. Uh, <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks. Thanks so much. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, Monday. We'll talk to you on Monday. We don't have a three-day weekend. Monday with the game recaps and some 2022 talk and all that good stuff. For Dave and Jamie and Heath, I am Adam. Later. Go Bills. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.